It's really a major buzzkill. Major buzzkill. Hi, everyone. Episode. Hi. <laughs> Episode, uh, I don't know. Episode five, six, seven of the new season. It's like a. Um, it's a number. It's a number. I don't have my my anchor app isn't working, so I can't even like double check. I'm just gonna wing it. I can check right now. Why is your anchor app not working? I don't know. I delete. I completely deleted it off my phone, and then I re put it back in. And for some reason, it like just keeps crashing. But I know that there was an outage like not too long ago. That's when I texted you, and I was like, I don't know if it's gonna go up because anchor has an outage. Oh, Whenever- it's episode six. Today is episode six. Oh, perfect. Is your anchor app broken too? No, at least I don't think so. <laughs> okay, that's good. Mine just won't, it won't load. It just crashes as soon as I open it, which sucks. It's annoying. Yeah, no, I know. So now I can't really keep track of, of our, all 19 of our listeners. <laughs> See if y'all listened to the last episode. I was like, um, why? I was like, our Thanksgiving episode got like eight plays and then the next episode got like 25 <laughs> Nobody wanted to listen to that one. And it's fine. Fuck turkey. Did I tell you that um uh Chris's family came and they've like been listening, like they like were like looking up the podcast when they were over at my apartment and then like his um his stepdad like was reading the the negative review like on from Apple and I was like, this is such a sore subject for me for me and Sam. (laughs) (laughs) This one bad review. Literally. (laughs) I um I was just telling Pat, I was like, since you don't listen to my podcast, I'm just going to flat out say what I got you for Christmas on the podcast, so that way you have to listen to it if you want to know. Aw, that was nice. Chris told me he doesn't want to listen to our podcast because he hears me talking up in our own apartment, and I said, that's mean. I listen to your podcast. Pat just doesn't want to listen. He has no reasoning. He just doesn't want to listen to it. (laughs) Chris, Chris was listening to me edit the other day, and it was the one... It was the one with the Clintons, like the Clinton episode, the one that you did. And he was like getting into the story. Oh, wow. Like, oh, the Clintons are scary. I was like, you should listen to my podcast because you're listening to it right now. The raw, yeah, unedited exactly. version. <laughs> That's great. Did you get Pat? Is, are you going to say it? Will, or no? say it. Everybody can know before him. Oh, I don't know. Should I? Um, is he going to listen? No, probably not. Okay. I got him. I'm talking quiet though. Can you hear me? I can still hear you. Yeah. <laughs> I got him a Samsung Galaxy smartwatch, whatever the fuck it's called. And then I got him these tickets to go see To Kill a Mockingbird on Broadway. Oh, shit. Someone that's a surprise. He knows about the watch. It's pretty obvious. It's wrapped it under the tree and it looks like a watch. So <laughs> I thought you like to wrap your gifts that don't look like what you got, like a chair. I do, but have time. Um, no, I'm gonna do it for the um for the tickets. Like I was gonna do it, like you know, in SpongeBob. This one's not gonna be like that crazy, but you know, like in SpongeBob, mm-hmm. the episode with the box, where he's yes. like, "Why is there just a string in this?" And Patrick's like, ah. <laughs> and then he like pulls the string or whatever. And I forgot what was like what was, it was a picture was. of the Christmas party. <laughs> it was a Christmas party picture. <laughs> yeah, that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> oh, that's that funny. funny. You sh- you yeah. should do that. I do. I think I'm gonna do it. I have to rewatch the episode to do it exactly like him. <laughs> really? I might use the Amazon box that I actually just got something. I got him something. This one was kind of like a joke gift. It was like um, 
doesn't like how I squeeze the toothpaste bottles because I don't do it from the bottom. And I know you're supposed to do it from the bottom, but I just don't do it like that. He gets mad at me for that too because I don't do it from the (laughs) bottom either. And he, it is such a pet peeve, like such a pet peeve of his. And I'm like, it doesn't hurt anyone. It's not hurting anyone. I'll do it from the bottom like when it's time. But anyway, so I bought like um that thing that you mount to the wall and it just like squeezes the toothpaste for you. That's like my joke gift. I don't know if I'm going to wrap it or put it in his stocking, but one of those things. Um, <laughs> Lisa, what are you yeah. drinking tonight? I know you said you had something with ice. Can you hear it? Oh, you told me in the beginning you said Sam, what ice drink <laughs> yeah. do you have today? And I said nothing. I have a seltzer. I have my go-to iced coffee drink that I have Chris absolutely memorized. So anytime he passes a Dunkin' Donuts, he can pick it up for me. It's a large iced coffee with oat milk, caramel, and a shot of espresso. I don't know how to make drinks at at Starbucks. I literally just ask for whatever like the feature drink is. And I, <laughs> that's all I get. I don't know how to it's make hold, them myself. It's hold um, Chris's sister's girlfriend. She's like just got a job at Starbucks and she was like telling me about some of the drinks. And I was like, I girl, I used to be like a coffee snob. Like, I know. I know. I, know I remember you talking making. about like the coffee barista too all the time. The one that like you, you would see all the time when you were working, when you were doing your schoolwork there. Yeah, I would always do my schoolwork at Starbucks. Yeah. And he was so cute. And I, I like literally knew all the coffees. Like, I know <laughs> a lot about coffee. My dad's big into coffee though. So he always had like really good gourmet coffee in the house all the time. Yeah. yeah, we've never been that into coffee, and I only just started drinking it, like, recently. I just just like having coffee to have something to do. Like, if I'm in, like, a meeting or something, I don't like to just be, like, in a meeting without coffee. I have to have... I dropped a whole fucking cup of coffee, though, in the back of my car the other day last week. I, and I was, like, late to a meeting for work, and I was doing a coffee run for me and a couple of my coworkers, and I get in my Thanks, car... Man. And the Starbucks people were like, oh, we don't have a tray. And I was like, fuck. I hate my life. Yeah. I get in my car and I spilled a cup of coffee and I'm already late. So I was like, oh, if it's my coffee, I'm just going to, I'm just going to take the hit, whatever. I'll just go to the meeting. It's fine. I don't need the coffee. But it wasn't mine. It was somebody else's. I was like, God damn it. I can't leave them coffee-less. I had to go back, get another coffee made, which was quick. And I came back in my car and I'm like, none of these better spill. And then I went into my meeting and I just had the puddle of coffee sitting in my car the whole time <laughs> that was the, the wig that you pointed out the um bob ross wig oh yeah it's gross that you have that like under the seat in your car like are you just like <laughs> you just love it do you just love that it's in there it's my disguise it's <laughs> so funny i like no i cannot judge about people's cars because like i when i moved out of college like my college like house I had an entire wardrobe of clothes in the trunk of my car for, like, two years. And I basically lived out of my car. Like, how we saw Annie's car was, like, the back, like, my trunk. Oh, my God. Just, like, clothes and clothes. Actually, it was very helpful because one time I went to a party and I thought it was going to be really cold. And then it was, like, 90 degrees. And I was like, oh, I actually have a romper in the trunk of my car. I'll just go (laughs) change into that. I used to have a shit ton of clothes in my car because I was donating them. Well... Yeah, I was donating them, and I just kept forgetting to actually bring them to... I was bringing them to the thrift shop, I think. I kept mm-hmm. forgetting to actually bring them there, or which is ridiculous because I lived down the block from it. Yeah. And every time I had, like, events and I was like, shit, I don't have clothes, I would just take stuff from the donating pile. <laughs> it's, like, convenient kind of to have clothes in your car, but, I mean, no. 
Okay. Let, well, let's jump into this because I my story is like so long and I'm just going to give it. Sam's about to pass out. Sam's really tired and I need to get to her before she lays down with her microphone still standing fully <laughs> up and she's 25 miles away from it. Um, full disclosure, I'm going to like cite my sources like now, like while we're talking because like some of the like there's like a quote or two in it and I got those quotes from um the oxygen like the oxygen article on it like the oxygen network did an article on it. it was like one of their snapped episodes so I got like a quote from there and I'm gonna be like oh it like according to snapped because I think that they interviewed these people like directly so and the other stuff is just normal sources that I will add in the show notes okay okay let's dive in I appreciate you covering your plagiarism <laughs> it's really funny because I I got really nervous because when Chris was leaving, he like saw me typing stuff out. He's like, oh, I didn't realize that you like write your your stuff. Like I thought you just wung it, and I was like, no, like I write <laughs> I write things out. Although it does sound like I wing it. And he was like, do you cite your sources? It's like, yeah, I cite my sources. We both went to school for media. I know what I'm doing. Like I know that I have to put the <laughs> I, know I have to put the link. I, I really also don't know what I'm doing. I just hate. I just hate that he asked me that. I was so mad. I was like, yeah, I do. <laughs> I was like, Sam, make sure that we don't get plagiarized or whatever, yeah. or we don't plagiarize people. Okay, so let me jump in. This story is so nuts. I, like, could not stop reading it. And then, like, I wanted to go and watch, like, all the – I wanted to go and buy the book. I was like, this girl is fucking nuts. I cannot believe ooh, I haven't ooh, heard it. Oh, oh, I want to hear. I'll get into it. I'll get into it. Oh, you're so <laughs> – I feel like we have a live audience. Um <laughs> okay so in may of 1975 i think his name is hilly or like hit like i think hilly it's h-i-l-l-e-y and we always do this every single episode we have no idea how to pronounce people's names but i think his name is frank hilly and that's how i'm gonna pronounce it so in 1975 frank hilly visited his doctor complaining of nausea and tenderness in his abdomen at the doctor, they diagnosed him with, like, a viral stomach ache, and then the condition, like, began to persist, like, pretty intensely, so they actually admitted him into the hospital that day in, like, May, and they gave him a few tests, and they indicated that there was, like, a liver malfunction, so that's what they attributed the stomach ache to. Physicians then diagnosed infectious hepatitis. That's what they believed was, you know, causing him these issues, and he died the early morning hours of May 25th, 1975. And they attributed his death to the infectious hepatitis. They said like it was like his liver. And that's why he, you know, passed away. So an autopsy was performed with the permission of his wife, Audrey, revealed um, like symptoms of hepatitis. So swelling of the kidneys, the lungs. Um, I believe that like pneumonia was like detected an inflammation of the stomach. So because of the symptoms, they were like, this is 100% just hepatitis. No tests for poison were conducted at all because nobody would have thought that. So the cause of death on his death certificate was listed as infectious hepatitis. But Frank had had a life insurance policy that was secretly taken out by his wife, Audrey Marie Frazier. That's her maiden name, and then she was married to him, so her name was Audrey Hilly. I didn't know how to introduce her, so that's how I did it. <laughs> so at the time of his, this is 
appreciate the suspenseful introduction. I know, right? I was like, let me really get into this. <laughs> <laughs> no, so he okay, so he got sick and then she like went in and made sure that the insurance policy was like around thirty-one thousand dollars, which she then received because she was the beneficiary being his wife. Which is wild. So keep that in mind, everyone. That's our start. So his wife, Audrey, um, Audrey and Frank, they like started dating or whatever. And then they married May 8th of 1951. And then they ended up having two children together, Mike and Carol. And despite them, like both kind of having like good paying jobs, she was a secretary it didn't really list what he did, but it seemed like they had money. But the couple didn't have any savings because she was a spender. Her spending habits led to, like, intense, you know, fights in this marriage. And I'm sure, like, it led to just a lot of stress. But he was a big spender. And there were, like, some reports that I read that I weren't know if they were true or not. But it was reported that she was having affairs with her bosses as secretary for money. Oh, my God. I was like, this girl is crazy, but I didn't find that anywhere else. She sounds so relatable because I have a shopping problem, but then you got to the affair part and I'm like, oh. (laughs) Are you taking notes on this story? Uh, Shopping problem, life insurance policy. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so they didn't have any money. They didn't have like any money aside, which is just nuts. But... She had gotten away, you know, with this money from the insurance policy. So she was, you know, doing okay. But three years after the death of Frank, Audrey took out another life insurance policy. And this oh time God. it was on her daughter, Carol. So this one was $25,000 on an accidental death. And it was effective August of 1978. So three months after... That went into effect. Carol began to experience trouble with nausea and was admitted into an emergency room. So she was experiencing like stomach pains and nausea and she was like in and out of the hospital like a few times before she was like fully admitted. After like a year of insuring her of um, insuring her daughter, she started giving like her daughter injections and she told her daughter that these injections would like alleviate some of her symptoms injections she would still not feel very well and she would ensure her daughter that these injections were given to her by a registered nurse and that she shouldn't be telling her physicians because her physicians wouldn't be giving her this kind of I guess like symptom relief she was like oh no like I'm giving it to you to protect you blah 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 blah. so I guess the daughter was like okay mom like thanks yeah my mom my mom was doing that I'd be like you mean you got this back alley shot like what are you talking about (laughs) i'd be like what the fuck are you talking about but like you trust your mom i mean like if my mom gave me a pill and was like this is gonna help your symptoms i'd be like all right you know like i'll take it whatever some of frank's family my mom tells me that something's gonna fix my symptoms by telling me to drink a spoon of honey instead of Mm. injecting me with some random ass shot so i'll know that your mom is poisoning the honey at this point (laughs) Um, Maybe. <laughs> uh, but some of Frank's family thought that Carol's symptoms were a little bit too similar to those that had killed her father. Mm. So, you know, they started to suspect Audrey of 
you know, some foul play maybe. They were like, this is kind of weird. Uh, Michael, so Carol's brother, contacted hospital staff who said that they had never authorized like Audrey to give his sister injections. She was like, I don't why he was like, why the fuck is she getting injections from our mom? Like, she's not a doctor. Like, what the fuck is going on? He then called the police because he was like, why the fuck are you giving my sister <laughs> injections? And like, she's in the hospital. Like, clearly, like something is wrong. So then he informed the Aniston Police Department about this incident. He was like, can somebody look into this? Because like my dad kind of died in a similar way with like similar like symptoms. Yeah. And then, you know, he was shocked to learn that his mother was already under an investigation for writing bad checks. So they were already looking into her for another crime. So he was like, oh, my God. Oh, the authorities arrested Audrey for check fraud. And Carol moved to another hospital and they had given her a toxicology test because they were like, she's totally fucking poisoned at this point. Like her mom was giving her random shots. So then. Physicians noticed an Aldrich Mies lines on Carol's nails, which I guess is an indication of arsenic poisoning. And then forensic tests were ran on her hair and they conducted just like other tests. And then on October 3rd, 1979, it was revealed that her arsenic levels ranged between 100 times the normal level, like close to... It's like it's an obscene amount of arsenic in this girl's body, basically. Mm -hmm. And this indicated that Carol had been given increasingly large doses of arsenic over a period of four to eight months. Isn't that like crazy? And this is like a direct quote from the Snapped article that I referred to earlier. And this is from an FBI specialist. Uh, He said that they had found such a significant level in Carol's blood that there was no question that she had been poisoned. And that was from former FBI special agent Wayne Manis, and he told that to Snapped. He said, there's no way, there's no other way you could get that much arsenic into your system, which is, like, pretty true. <laughs> and, like, yeah. clearly something was up. So then that same day, they exhumed Frank's body. After running tests, they discovered that he also had large doses of arsenic in his system as well. And this had actually been the leading cause of his death and not hepatitis like they had suspected earlier. Audrey still incarcerated on her bad check charges and she was like was then arrested for attempted murder of her daughter and the aniston police found a vial in her purse that had arsenic in it like she was literally caught red-handed by the police because she was already arrested they had already confiscated all of her stuff and then they were like we're gonna arrest you for poisoning your daughter and killing your husband found the vial in her purse and they were like okay like you are clearly the one. Crazy person. Cra- this isn't even the half of it. Oh, my God. A few weeks later, Frank, Hill- um, Frank Hilly's sister found a jar of rat poison, which contained about 1.4 to 1.5% arsenic. Um, so I guess that they, like, they were like, oh, this is what he was using to, you know, this is what she was using to poison him pretty much. Then on November 9th, Audrey was released on bail, and then her defense attorney actually put her up in a hotel room. I, I was like, okay, I guess that's a thing. Then on November 18th, 1979, she went missing. A note was found in her hotel room, and it said that she was kidnapped, and she told her attorney not to follow her. <laughs> the police compared the note, because they like were like, was she kidnapped? The police then compared the note to a sample of her handwriting and they were like she wrote this fucking note like <laughs> it was 
was also like no like foul play like involved like in the hotel room like they didn't find anything they just found this one note whatever i was like this girl's crazy so after her escape she traveled to florida where she met a man named john greenleaf haunt homan the third john greenleaf homan the third which i was like this sounds like a made-up name in its own right that's his actual name so after she met him they pretty much got married (laughs) this is her new husband and she went under the alias robbie um it didn't say what her like maiden name was but we'll get to her maiden name like later like it just said that she then changed her name to robbie and then it was robbie homan because she married him so they both then migrated to new hampshire which is like what the fuck so (laughs) she is probably thinking that she's in the clear because i feel like it's been been about like two years now i think this is like 1982 and she went missing in 1979 so she's probably thinking that she is in the clear she's idiot (laughs) and we're gonna get to why she's an idiot so she was caught up to in 1983 after the police investigated a case of possible identity fraud this is where this shit gets so fucking wild this is where no like you're gonna be like what the actual fuck so Audrey now claims that she's a woman named robbie homan which is the husband's last name so robbie claimed that she had moved to the area from fort lauderdale florida with her husband john in 1980 so then in the number of in the summer of 1982 she told her husband that she was she she told her husband she needs to go back to texas like a family matter and to like go see some doctors about like some mysterious illness that she was feeling during this time that she was in told her husband that she was just fucking off to texas she traveled to texas and she traveled to florida it was using a different alias now now she was going under the alias terry martin so during this trip using her new alias she called her husband as this new alias and informed him that her her old alias robbie Homan had died in Texas, (laughs) but but don't worry. There was no need for him to come to Texas because the body had been donated to science. Oh, that was so nice of her. Yeah, it was really nice of her. Super nice. I was like, how great. (laughs) After getting to know Terry over the phone, John expressed interest in meeting her. (laughs) She agreed. She was like, okay, let's meet up. Oh my god. So she told she told her husband she told this man, John, that she's the twin sister of Robbie. So she dyes her hair blonde and then just goes back to New Hampshire and acts like this new twin sister and like pretty much marries this guy again. He fell for it? Yeah, she just dyed her hair oh blonde and god. pretended to be the twin. I'm gonna try this. What, Pat? Yes. You should try it. So now she's Terry. And everyone just thinks she's this man, John, genuinely believes this is a brand spanking new person he just met for the first time. Terry. Same woman, blonde hair. Jesus Christ. So. Am I allowed to say that on a podcast? I said fuck like a (laughs) hundred (laughs) times. Okay, so, so now. An obituary is put out in the New Hampshire newspaper for Robbie because 
John was like, oh, I want people to know that like my wife had died because they had created a community for themselves there. Like they were friends. He had work friends that had known her. So he was like, oh, I need to let people know that my wife died. So he put something out in the paper. Obviously, obviously, everyone that John knew, like his coworkers, his boss, were like, you? Are you stupid? Are you fucking serious? Like, <laughs> like, what the fuck? So then people, you know, like his boss and his coworkers, were like, there's no way that this is his sister-in-law. Like, there was so much suspicion around it. You know, they felt like this was just like a complete ruse. So the New Hampshire State Police detective, you know, summarized that this woman living as Perry Martin was, in fact, Robbie. She just staged her death. So they thought that this was just Robbie. They're like, oh, this girl is just the same person. It's, it's Robbie. It's his It's his wife. Like, she's just crazy, I guess. Like, she's coming back as the twin sister, but it's just her. Yeah. Then coworkers were like, I don't even think it's her. Like, we think there's something, like, wrong with this woman. So then they suspected her of being a bank robber or something. Like, they thought she was a criminal. Like, they're like, oh, this girl must be, like, a criminal on the run. Which, honestly, like, they were right. But they thought it was another criminal. They thought it was, like, this bank robber who had gone missing. So concerned coworkers, like, looked into, you know, like, Robbie and Robbie's death and all of this stuff because they were like, it's not – there's no way. So they called the Medical Research Institute of Texas where <laughs> Terry said that the body was. And they were like, we didn't – we don't have any record of that. Like, there's no yeah. – this is a non-existent person. And then they called the church as well that, like, he said had eulogized her or that she, like, Terry had said had eulogized her sister. And that church was like, no, like, we didn't have any, didn't have anybody by that name. Like, what the hell? Obviously, after all of this, like, emotion, the police were like, we have to look into this. And then she confessed to being Audrey. She was like, yeah, I'm all of these people. I was Robbie. Now I'm Terry. But I'm actually Audrey. And then she oh told goodness. police... She, like, told police that she was being investigated for fraudulent checks. That's how she said. She was like, oh, I'm on the run for, for, like, fraudulent checks. Yeah. She didn't say anything about her husband. But then they were like, obviously, we know about your attempted murder charge and the murder that you did. So she was like, shit. She was pretty quickly convicted and she was sentenced to life in prison for her husband's murder and then 20 years on top of that for the attempted murder of her daughter yeah. and then in February, you know i feel like it's very it's very easy to fake your identity in i feel like in the 70s i feel like i don't know about now because like everything is so like digitized but i think like in like the 70s and stuff like that when like things like weren't like super accessible like if somebody gave me a name now like if you if someone came up to me and was like hey this is my wife and then I went to go follow her on Instagram and like the account was like no followers nothing and they had just moved here and like it was like kind of like a weird thing I would immediately assume that these people were fake no I knew someone who did it you did what (laughs) what are you talking about (laughs) Oh, okay, good. Like for your work, like for your work. Yeah, we'll talk okay. about it later. <laughs> <laughs> off, off air. Um. Okay, but now she's convicted. Now everything is all good. You know, she did it. She's in jail. It's life with an additional twenty years. But now, February of nineteen eighty-seven, 
was given a three-day pass to go visit her husband, who had moved to Alabama now, where he she was incarcerated, because, you know, that's where she committed the crimes. And he wanted to be near his wife, who he loved dearly, because she, oh God. three separate people. So he basically was married to three different individuals. Lucky him. Regard- regardless, they spent the day together. They did a few errands. She went to go visit, I think, a grave site. It was going to be a nice day. She poisoned okay. him. No. Uh. <laughs> no. She fucking disappeared again. Oh, my God. She disappeared. She left behind a note. She left behind a note now asking her husband, John, for his forgiveness after this man had literally gone through the ringer with her. This random, this, like, random side character guy that she met while she was on the run last time. She left him a note apologizing to him. She was like, sorry, forgive me. So he takes one look at this note. When I was when I was like looking into this, I was convinced that he was just going to be like, "Bye. I hope she has a good life." As her new forty-seven different identities and crazy stories that she's going to fucking put out there. No, he called the authorities, which I was like, "Good for John, coming to his senses." So, actually, her escape prompted people to look into the furlough policy for prisons in Alabama because they were like, it should not have been this easy for this murderer to leave. This It's 1987 now. It's almost the 90s. So it's like, yeah. it's weird that they just kind of let her go out, clearly unsupervised. Like, I mean, like her husband, but like unsupervised, really. Crazy. So now she's missing. But this time she wasn't missing for as long as she was last time. It was only four well, days. <laughs> it was because she was going to see a man and he's able to control her and supervise her. It's the so, 70s. You're so right. It is the 70s. It, she can do... No, it's the 80s now. It's almost 90. 80s. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you said it was almost the 80s. No, no. It's almost the 90s. You, it's sorry. 1987. No, no. You're good. Um, okay, but this time she was not missing for very long. So four days after she had vanished, um, she had apparently been crawling around in the woods. So her body was pretty <laughs> fucking drenched because I think it was like the weather was not good. So it was like frequently raining. So she was pretty exposed to the elements. She was exposed to temperatures that were extremely low like they dipped below the 30s and now she's like soaking wet so in alabama it, was... it gets that cold yes at night you know Damn, i wouldn't expect that it's february um, we're in alabama yeah. <laughs> so then the temperature there right now yeah do it so then she now stumbles on the back porch a house owned by just a random woman but she'd actually known her from elementary school so she just like was like this is an elementary school friend she crawled to this woman's house it was likely that she had sought out help from a school friend because she was like i guess she just had known where this woman had lived um but the woman did not recognize her like she was like who the <laughs> fuck she, i think she literally was like who is this woman that was like drenched and had just crawled around in the woods she was clearly dirty just like probably disgusting so then this woman was probably freaked the hell out by this swamp monster on her back porch and <laughs> called the authorities monster. she called the, the police i'm just talking about you <laughs> you're a swamp monster 
that's probably how she looked. If number one, if anybody crawled up to my back porch, like if they're in my backyard and they look like a monster person because they just been crawling around in the Alabama woods for three days in the rain, <laughs> I would immediately call the police. I wouldn't even be like, I don't recognize you. Sorry, we went to the same school together. I would be like, I'm barricading myself in this house. I would start yelling random things out like just be like i have a gun i'm gonna i'm just go crazy like i would just go crazy on this woman <laughs> i don't know what i would do i would home alone it i'd start playing that scene from home alone where they start shooting so he gets the, the criminals off his <laughs> off his back porch too <laughs> regardless this woman called the police and then the police immediately turned up when they got there the police had to call the paramedics because she was extremely ill from being out in the cold weather like for so long it was only like four or five days but still yeah so the emts examined her and they determined that she had hypothermia and they started to take her to a nearby hospital for treatment but while she was being transported to the hospital she suffered from a heart attack and died oh my goodness that's it that's literally the whole story <laughs> that's where we end fucking nuts i was reading this and i was like there's no way this is real <laughs> that is so crazy oh my fucking I like God. that one that's a good one it was good i like literally have never i just have not heard that story before and i was losing it. i was reading it and as soon as i got to the twin part where she pretended to be a twin <laughs> i literally was like there's no fucking way on god's green earth there's no way that this woman got away with pretending be if somebody that would be like you coming to my apartment, knocking on my door. Like, who, like, do I not know very well? Like, if one of my coworkers, like, that I... But th also, she did this to her husband. Like, or did her husband yeah, not know exactly. that she had a twin? Like, wouldn't you show your husband, like, here's me and my twin sister when we were younger. Like, he had no pictures of this woman with a twin. Like, this woman was a mystery to him. They must have talked about nothing constantly. Yeah. How do you not know? Maybe it was her long-lost twin sister, Hillary. Very true. But regardless, this story was fucking nuts. And like I just cannot believe just can I just can't believe it. I just can't believe the story. I was reading it and I was like, this is crazy. So that's crazy. That's where we're at. I enjoyed that yeah. one. It called her the her name is Audrey Marie Hilly. And they called her the Black Widow. Black Widow. She sounds like Black a better Widow. Black Widow than the actual Black Scarlett Widow. Johansson. They should have yeah. cast her. They should have yeah. cast her twin sister. She was also a blonde. <laughs> yes, they should have. Um, I just want to bring up the Hillary thing for anybody who doesn't know about it. Um, I made a Facebook page of our friend. I won't say names in case people don't want their names on here. We were in like middle school. I made a Facebook page of my friend, and it was her long lost twin sister, and I named her Hillary. Then I never deleted the Facebook account. And then, literally, within like the past few years, people have been asking, they're like, Who is Hillary? Like, I don't know who this is. And they wish her happy birthday and everything like that. So, <laughs> some fun times. <laughs> oh my God. I'll never, I actually can't delete the Facebook because I don't know the information for the account. So. Were too many coincidences with this Black Widow and you, the shopping addiction, <laughs> the fake identities, <laughs> fake identities. Uh, oh my god. Okay, 
So I am doing the mysterious murder of Stacy Sullivan. Mm. This is not that old. This takes place in Blackler, Alabama in April 2016. It's like the same age of my car. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I literally wrote down. We say this every episode, but I just don't have a lot of, um, there wasn't a lot of information on this, which obviously sucks when there's not a lot of coverage on it because maybe if there was some more coverage that this would have gotten better investigations. Yeah. I can't word stuff Makes right sense. now. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. So Stacy was a single mother of two. And on April 21st, 2016, Stacey's children were waiting for her to pick them up from school, which is what she did every single day. And the school was notified that she would be late to pick up the children. Um, I don't know if she was notified, like if she notified them herself or if the school got notified by somebody else, but she received some notification that she was going to be late. So after a couple hours, um, she never showed up and the family got worried. So they reported her missing because this was just not like her. Like she wouldn't leave her kids waiting for her and not pick them up. Um, which I mean, like good for them. I wonder if anybody would report me missing that quickly. I would. I literally just told you that I, if I do not hear from you, I check your location to see if you're still alive. (laughs) I would report you immediately. I also feel like I'm always maybe not anymore in the past few years but like i like to disappear and <laughs> you really did no in the past and in the past randomly years. drive to austining new york to meet up with somebody and not tell anybody what i'm doing so like, i feel like it's i would like, do stuff like that like could you imagine if that happened today you have my location i'm not answering you and you look at my location i'm just in fucking austining new york what would you think <laughs> I would call every single one of your relatives and ask if you were on a family vacation i'd call pat i would that call- would literally be more dangerous than just like reporting me to the police like exactly so just, just know that those are the measures that i will take before calling the police <laughs> i have my um in case i go missing folder ready so in case i go missing you have that folder it's a green folder okay good stop, is, so. stop playing with your can sorry and like i'm addicted okay <laughs> Anyways. Jay Pat so, knows where it is. Jay Pat knows where my in case I go missing folder is. If he's the one that put you missing. If he's the one that puts you missing and I know that there's a folder and I say, where's the folder? And he tells me no, that's very you suspicious. Know, funny, I, I kind of feel like he probably forgot already where I said it was. <laughs> I'm going to remind Good. him tonight. I'll, I'll send you a text where it is. Let me text where it is, and then if it's not there when you go missing, and Pat doesn't tell me anything, I'm going to be very suspicious. I'm going to tell you both different places, so that way you can <laughs> fight. So I'm still <laughs> suspicious of Pat. I actually told Chris recently, I said that if I ever did go missing, even if he had nothing to do with it, I would want him to go to prison forever so he couldn't date anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> is that fucked up? No, it's I'm the opposite, but I I think that's funny. I I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I do. I I'm not that I'm jealous, but I wouldn't want to from the ghost realm watch him date somebody else. And what if she was like so annoying? Like he would date someone after me that's so annoying. I would like want Pat to date someone else, and I would be stressed out if he didn't like make moves and if he didn't like meet a girl and all that stuff I'd be like who's gonna help you meet a girl like if I'm not around who's gonna help you 
though. That would stress me That's out. not fair. Yeah. I wouldn't... I, he either would need to get incarcerated or immediately die of a broken heart because our love is so strong. <laughs> the two the two only ex- acceptable outcomes that I will allow. And if you die, I'll make sure that happens. And if I die, make sure you help Pat get another girl. I have to set up Pat's Tinder and then you have to frame Chris. <laughs> 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 Who has the easier job? <laughs> <laughs> Who does? I feel oh like God. Pat wouldn't want a Tinder. I feel like he would get bored of it, and then we'd all have to be like, Pat, you need to continue. You need to keep going with it, or you're not going to meet anyone. <laughs> Sam's going to haunt you if you don't meet someone. <laughs> you are like the ghost hacks into his phone and just starts swiping on everyone. So when he checks it every morning, he has a bunch of matches. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh my god, okay, where did I leave off? So, her family had some concerns at first. Um, Stacy, we're still talking about her. (laughs) We got so Um, distracted. Yeah, so Stacy's family had some concerns at first just because she had a history of, like, not living with the best people, so... Mm. um, More specifically, living in, like, domestic violence, domestic abuse situations. Um... Later that evening, a car was found running with the driver door open on the side of 45 in Fackler, Alabama. The car was stuck in the mud and was um, several hundred... I'm sorry, I don't know why. I don't know what I wrote here. Oh, okay. The car was stuck in the mud and several hundred feet from the car was a deceased 40-year-old female with no apparent cause of death. So immediately, the police did not treat this as a homicide because... The body showed no outwardly signs of injury or possible cause of death, which is just odd to me, but okay. Um, Stacy's body was found approximately 500 yards from the front of the vehicle, and the vehicle was still running, and the driver door was left open. Um, I know mm-hmm. the police, like, they thought to themselves that, like, she was looking to get some help that maybe she would have turned off the car or she would have closed the door and not walked through the mud or whatever um Mm. but they still didn't treat it like a homicide there was no indications in the mud that somebody had attempted to there were indications i'm sorry i don't know why i said no there there were indications in the mud that somebody had attempted to push the vehicle out and due to the state of the ground around the vehicle no no definitive impressions could be determined because there was just like a bad storm and rain and whatever, like around in that area right before this happened. Um, so eventually two witnesses eventually came forward as the last people who saw Stacy. So this part's weird. So I'm going to read you article apart from the article. Um, the two witnesses said that they were two witnesses eventually came forward as the last people to have seen Stacy alive only hours before her body would be found they were finally able to provide police with the reason why Stacy was on the opposite side of town from where she was supposed to be picking up the children. So through the woods near where Stacy had gotten her car stuck on the side of the road was the house of one of her friend's mothers and sister. Um, Hannah was the girl's name. And her so Hannah and her mother told police that Stacy knocked on her door late in the afternoon and told them that her car was stuck in the mud and that she dropped her phone somewhere and needed to call the school to let them know that she would be late to pick up the children. Um, so Hannah's mom let Stacy use their phone to make the call, and they said that she seemed nervous, and she told them that she was supposed to be meeting up with Byron, who was her ex-husband, to discuss a court date, but that 
someone else had to come with them and she felt uncomfortable about this. She said that he, quote, wasn't supposed to be there. So Stacy asked Hannah and her mother if anyone else was there with them that to help her get her car out of the mud. And Hannah said that... So Hannah explained that the man that Stacy was worried about was someone named Travis who was a meth dealer and was involved was getting Stacy's ex-husband involved with like dealing and everything like that and that's why Stacy didn't feel safe meeting with him as well and that was the last time that she was seen alive oh some of the suspects that were investigated and questioned was um Byron Sullivan who was Stacy's ex-husband and the father of her children and he didn't live that far from where her body was found um they were still married and they were going through the divorce and everything like that and having court dates and that's why they were planning on meeting that day to discuss any disagreements that they had to um, child custody, um, child support, all that stuff. But for unknown reasons, the police did not tell the family whether or not Stacy had, in fact, met with Byron on the date that she died. Um, Byron had recently been working with a known meth dealer and user, Travis Hambrick, and Travis was later discovered with Stacy's cell phone. Um, yeah. So he got arrested for that, but then was released because the autopsy results came back and they were inconclusive. Um, another suspect that was involved and questioned was her boyfriend at the time, Scotty Peak. Oh, around the same time that she went missing, Scotty was um, Scotty was arrested on a warrant related to a past altercation and domestic violence like, um, assault that he that was reported for him, and he ended up. Um, being released with no further suspicion as he had because he had an alibi and again because of the inconclusive report i'm sorry i keep like forgetting words okay <laughs> so later on like in the investigation an officer told the family that he had noticed that this was like a year after like the investigation had really no information on it and then this police officer did tell the family that he noticed energy drink cans in the victim's car and that there were no there was an assumption assumption that she had died of a heart attack from drinking these energy drinks. It's just like a weird assumption to me, but the family thought that this was odd as well because the autopsy the autopsy <laughs> had not found any sign of a heart attack or failure. And her toxicology results had shown no elevated amounts of any substances in her blood. Her autopsy basically showed that she was like healthy, like it was even it was just like didn't show anything basically they say the cause of her death no they don't know the cause of her death so i was surprised that i even found anything that said that like this was like considered a murder because i think it's really leading to that so it kind of just sounds like a mysterious death suspicion around it like was like yeah. there's no way that it could have just been no foul play mm-hmm. yeah exactly so that's pretty much all of the information on the case and autopsy and something like that i tried so hard to find the autopsy report online and i can't find it anywhere or if anybody had like any information on it i kept finding different things about the autopsy report so what i thought was like really weird about this was that this article that i got most of my information from and i'll link it obviously there was two comments on it and Mm -hmm. the two comments were really weird to me so there's a lot of people who like are online about this case and just like trying to find out and like do their own investigation. You know, a lot of people get into that and try to see if they can find out more information and share it with everybody, or whatever. There was like a whole Reddit post, but that didn't really have anything different from what I just told you. Hmm. Um, but on this article, there was two comments. So the first, I'll just read it to you like word for word. 
First comment says, I am the Hannah that is mentioned in this writing, and I have noticed several inconsistencies. One, Stacy never knocked on our door. I was lying on our trampoline when the dog started barking. I sat up and saw a lady walking down our long gravel driveway towards our house. Two, she told me her vehicle was stuck but never mentioned anything about the, her phone. Three, Stacy only spoke with me and never saw or spoke with my mother. I ran inside to tell my mom a lady was there and her car was stuck and she needed help. My mother was busy on the phone and waved me away. Four, Stacy never mentioned any names as to the man she had met, but she told me he was waiting at the vehicle that was stuck. She told me they were there because he knew there was a lot of isolated pull-offs. She told me they were not supposed to be talking or meeting with one another, but they had met regardless. Five, she never said he wasn't supposed to be there, and she never mentioned being scared, but she did tell me there were a lot of bad things going on no one knows about. If she had mentioned being scared, I would have called the cops. Six, I never speculated that the unna- I never speculated that the unnamed man was Travis Hambrick. I do not know him, and I did not know he was involved with Stacy's ex-husband or illegal drugs. Seven, I had no way to pull her out, and neither my father or fiance were there to help. So I told her she could use my phone, not my mother's, and she called her daughter's school to let them know she would be picking her up. So I just didn't want to add this in the beginning because I don't know. If this person in the comment is actually Hannah, was actually the girl who met with her or who saw her or anything like that, but it was weird. So, in in your research, like, was there any reports of her using the phone? Like, was there any like record that there was any calls to the school where her daughter was at that would indicate that that like she used a phone? No, nothing. At least not that I could find online. Nothing in- that like actually proves that she called or anything like that. Or whose phone she called from or anything. Comments like this. It? Yeah, like comments like this, I don't always believe. There was like a an unsolved mystery case that I had like covered, I want to say like pretty early on. And I remember I was reading it and like the couple that had gone missing, they had a daughter. And then in the comment section of like the unsolved mysteries page, this woman like was like, I'm the daughter of these people. And like, because the daughter was found. And she was like, they put me in this article and like they made me sound like blah, blah. She was like, I was only three years old. Like I didn't have any recollection, like this whole long thing. And I was like, there's no way. Like, There's just this didn't it like just sounded real. But I was also like, why would they comment on this instead of just like, like contacting them directly or like maybe like yeah. talking to the authorities, like in your case, like. I probably would have just been like called to the authorities and been like, hi, I just want to make sure that the reports that I gave you have the correct information because I saw on an article that there were some um, discrepancies with what I had said to you and with what was in that article. Exactly. Just to to make sure. I don't, I don't think I just, I mean, who knows? Because people like are kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes I just don't believe that because like anyone can go online and just put the name it's like, honestly, though, how that started, like, I'm the Hannah in this story, is the same way that it started with the article for the Unsolved Mysteries, where I was like, I'm the daughter in this story. Yeah. Which oh, is I agree. Weird. That's why I wasn't yeah. sure. I was like, I don't know if I definitely believe this or not, but it's just odd to me. Let's include it. And then there was one more comment on, especially since mm-hmm. there's, like, no comments on this entire article besides these two. Second mm-hmm. comment was, again... I don't know how true this is. It was just interesting to me. I was like, that's odd. I want to include this. So it says, 
My name is Nadine Helton. I'm trying to get help on getting Stacey Sullivan's murder. I don't even know why she like worded that like that, but <laughs> Stacey's mom isn't in very good health, and I would like to get some justice for Stacey and her mom and her two beautiful little children that were children that were left behind. Stacey was a beautiful person inside and out. The autopsy report showed she had been raped and there were bruises. She had, I believed, I was told, ninety-two cuts and con- confusions. Hmm. The way she the way she wrote it was confusions on her. She was bruised. Oh, she put an F. (laughs) (laughs) She was bruised very badly. Why should her murderer get all free? My email is, and then she puts her email address, which it's not that I have a problem with sharing. It's just that there's no reason for me to read it. Um, So I'm like, is this real? Like, like, it's just crazy to me because it's like, if it's real, that's crazy to me because like, the autopsy reports that I was not that I like could read the autopsy reports, but like the information that people were putting online about them is that they're just inconclusive and that there's like no cause of death or anything like that. And now she's saying that she had been raped and there were bruises and 92 cuts and all this stuff. And it's just like, if it's not real, which it very well could, could not be real. Why do people have to go out of their way to like make shit up like this and like throw off the case even more? Yeah, people are – it's like those people that call into the hotlines when they're, like, looking for tips and they, like, give false tips. It's like, why are you trying to obstruct this investigation? Because, like, obviously everyone has to look into the tips because, like, you don't know what's right and what's wrong. Yeah, You don't exactly. know what's going to be the correct tip. So then you're just basically, you know, stopping this investigation from actually finding a solution because you are intervening in it and just making shit up. Like, it's yeah. so dangerous to – this person who like I mean in this scenario like they were deceased already but like in investigations where they have tip hotlines for people who are missing and then they're getting tips in that are false tips it's like well this is just gonna you know stop any progress that could be made trying to find this person because you're giving a false tip and all tips kind of have to be looked into because who knows like if this is right yeah exactly Hmm, that's wild Very interesting. That's all I got for that one. I'm sorry, that one didn't have a lot of info. Can you hear me opening another drink? I can. (laughs) That's all we got. That's our episode, our full episode. Um, Follow us on all of our social media. Somebody out there, please leave us a good review on iTunes because we really need it. Thank you. Don't be a buzzkill. Don't be a buzzkill. Bye. Bye.